0: There's your opening. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 226 of Grumpy Old Ben's. Today's Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. I'm Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America just outside of Chirac where
0: we're finally getting some of that fresh Canadian air. Mmm. And from America's left coast where the air is hazy but otherwise sunny and where it is a moral imperative to pirate Star Trek, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, you see, you
1: finally came back around to my way of thinking when the streaming services bend you over
0: without any lube and screw you right up the keister. You know, the hilarious thing is I have always been, you know, I, I don't have any particular, you know, I'm i am not one of those people who's like, well, obviously these huge corporations deserve all your money. No, I've never been that. I don't have any particular moral issues with pirating, but it's always been, you know, I don't, I don't consume that much content and I don't need the newest content. So that's, that's my first line of defense. Uh, You know, it's amazing how different the internet looks once you've conquered FOMO. Yes. people are lazy here, if you're not familiar is a, a, a series called Star Trek prodigy, which is a 3d animated series in the Alex Kurtzman verse, which is not actually Star Trek not something and and it's aimed toward kids and it's not really something I would have watched but I might go watch it now for the simple reason that Paramount canceled season 2 and then removed season 1 so that nobody could watch it because it wasn't making enough money uh it, this has happened to series before but uh it, it might be the first time it's happened to something as high profile as a Star Trek series which is um the the way that the tax law works is if the company doesn't make enough money on a particular series, uh, they can they can shelve the series. They can, you know, send it directly into syndication. That's what always used to happen. They're like, oh, well, some people like it. And for the 12 people who really like this, let's just let them use it. But somewhere along the line, some bean counter in a giant Hollywood corporation discovered, hey, you know, if we just memory hole the entire series and make it impossible for anyone to do it we can take it as a tax write-off and so they can get more money out of the series by deleting it from everywhere than they can by continuing to sell it
1: well that's bizarre
0: that's tax law
1: so you're taking it as a i guess if you're taking it as a write-off you have to make it go away you can't still be making money on it
0: that's exactly it, is the moment that you take it as a write-off, you are not allowed to make any money on it, and you are not allowed to put it up for sale anywhere. And because giant corporations, it is unfathomable to take something that you're not going to sell and just put it out there. In fact, I, you know, it might be fiscally irresponsible for them to do so, because who knows, it might become popular later, and it might be like the Lost Doctor Who episodes where you you know, want to pull. So of course they archive it, but for now, because they can't make any money off of it, they've removed it from streaming services. They've killed all sale, all digital sales. Uh, you know, it's, it's gone. I, I don't remember as of two days ago, the last article I read, it was still available on Amazon, but I think it might've been disappeared from there too. You cannot get this legally anymore. Well, that opens up another door. I feel like that pretty much leaves only, you know, if you want to watch Star Trek Prodigy, which again, I'll reiterate, it's Kurtzman era Star Trek animated for kids. It's not something I would normally have watched, but now I kind of want to. And because the options said, are
1: you can't watch that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, fuck I, and you. That's I can. exactly that's exactly my knee jerk reaction. to Any kind of censorship is somebody says, you can't see this. I'm like, well, now I'm interested. Well, and it's
1: it's an interesting way that the entertainment industry has gone because this is a relatively new concept because there's a lot of television shows 20 years ago, 10 years ago. You can stop right there. There's a lot of
0: television shows.
1: Well, there are, but there were a lot of shows that did not have a great first season and went on to have really good, profitable runs. And this concept that, oh, we
0: didn't get an audience within the first six minutes. Got to go. And, and that, you know, okay, there are so many new shows, like the, the number of actual series being produced, especially the ones direct to streaming services, is there, there's something like 10 times more show new series coming out now than there were in 2010. Right? There's just that many. So nobody can watch all of them, which means well, that every one of them pretty close to every single new show is going to be niche. So now it's a numbers game. Do they think they made enough? I just really don't like this disturbing trend of saying, well, we didn't make enough money. So as a fiscal decision, we're going to just screw the six people who liked the show.
1: Right. And make it so you can never watch it again, where people just assume with these streaming services, they're wrong, but they assume that these shows are never going to disappear. And they always do.
0: Sometimes they yeah. just go to
1: a different streaming service.
0: I, yeah. I've had plenty of issues where I'm um, multiple times where I'm, uh, it, like 10 seasons of a show. I'm not good at binging. I don't have the attention span to sit in one place for 10 hours a day for three weekends in a row. Well, you see, this it, is the beauty of it.
1: The wife and I just watched the second season of the bear. Yes, chef heard chef. You know, that's okay, Yeah the, the bear, that's where that all the chef talk comes from the bear, a show that oh. was a FX slash Hulu thing.
0: I, I never would have guessed. And
1: that is where, uh, the the season two just dropped, and the whole season oh, ten shit. episodes. I hope someone picks it up, and they should. Uh, ten episodes, which average a like thirty two to thirty five minutes. I mean, it's like this is like six hours of content. We do that in a day. What the fuck? That's a whole
0: season. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm the opposite. I, I I only watch shows, and and this might have made me perfect for the way shows were. Displayed in the 80s and 90s, I only watch shows. You know, one or two. If if I'm really into it, maybe I'll do three episodes back to back before I got to go do something else. It's just maybe it's an attention span thing. I don't know, but i I like getting through. I like the ability to binge because I want to get through at my own pace. I don't want to be on somebody else's timetable. I'm not. You know, appointment viewing is not for me. But it can take me months to get through a series that I'm really enjoying. Uh, for example. Um, I'm just about finished with Stargate, which is what, uh, 17 seasons worth of 20 episodes per season at 40, what, 45, 50 minutes an episode. That is a lot of content and it's taken me more than a year. And I actually had to switch streaming services because all of the Stargate content disappeared off Netflix before I had a chance to get through. And fortunately, Amazon picked it up. So I've been watching it there. But even that is sometimes on, sometimes not. Uh, You know, I'm what am I watching? Uh, Eight seasons of House, seven seasons of The Practice. It's taken me a very long time to get through these because I don't binge. And I have had series where it just they canceled it. They're like, oh, sorry, uh, our contract ran out and this series is no longer available. Uh, That happened to me. I think three different times while trying to watch all you know the 15 seasons of supernatural where it was on the streaming service and then it wasn't on the streaming service. So halfway through a season, Oh, you can't watch like they are streaming services practically killed piracy 10, 15 years ago, right? Because they became way more convenient, way easier. And now they're single-handedly bringing it back with all of these awful Decisions to say, oh, we're only going to offer content for a few months. And then, oh, everybody gets to not have this middle in the middle of it, whatever. No, fuck you. You you could go pay money, go buy it on some other service. Go. What they're really saying is go pirate it. Well, there's also
1: the point that when streaming started, you could have all of the streaming services for like 20 bucks a month. Now, there's now
0: each one is 20 bucks a month, right?
1: And there's way too much that is now fractured. The concept that you would be able to pay once and get all of the content, people are seeing that with music and Spotify. Same thing happens there where it's like, wait, where did my Taylor Swift music go? It disappeared. Well, yeah, so did her contract with Spotify. So, well, there you go. Yeah. You you don't own the music. You are just listening to a glorified radio station and and I don't
0: I don't need to own the music what I want is the ability to listen on the device I want at on, on my time which means you kind of need to own it now or or at least have a physical
1: unencumbered copy of it so you need a very big uh NAS with a lot of hard drives yeah. in there
0: spinning up so I guess what I'm saying is that suddenly I'm I'm finding myself in need of more hard drives and and maybe uh, some NAS recommendations
1: yeah well, there's a lot of good NAS devices out there. I like the QNAP. I know a lot of people like the uh, Synology or Synology, whatever it is. Synology. I think I always mess that one up. It's kind of an inauguration moment. Uh, I-, I believe it's Synology. Synology. I like their stuff too. And you could roll your own. There's a bunch of different software uh, distribut uh, that the, the, the distros that you can use and just throw a bunch of hard drives and some old hardware because a lot of people listening to us, they probably have an extra box somewhere laying around that can fit a few hard drives in it. It's nice and easy.
0: And uh, that's, that's how I got my node. A lot of people out there are like, Oh, I need my own node. Let me go see. Oh no. Raspberry Pi is expensive. Well, what other box should I buy for I'm Like box to buy, go get, go find a laptop that I guarantee you have sitting on a drawer in a drawer somewhere. and throw linux on it
1: and you can fire that up and laptops don't cost that much to run energy wise they're not horrible i mean they're not as low as a raspberry pi but the cost of the raspberry pi and the little small board units have gone out of control since like covid i i was just handed a note
0: that that's believe it or not that actually happens breaking news well broken news uh, this it's relevant to what i was ranting about earlier uh, the note reads, uh, th- yes, it, it is an actual piece of paper in my hand. <laughs> my wife, who actually is is one of the few people who is capable of writing things with an ink dispensing device and making it legible. Ooh. I can't do that anymore. I've lost the ability.
1: But is she as nerdy but, as Bandrew and collect different styles of ink and different colors not of that? Ink?
0: I'm aware of. No, she, she collects rocks. Oh, OK. She's, she's a geology nut. OK. The note reads. Got an email from Paramount Plus. They are upping our subscription cost by two dollars because they will be including Showtime. Thinking I might drop that service. And my guess, my response to the person handing me the note is, "We have Paramount Plus. <laughs> is that good? Huh? That you got to watch it, what, man. Let me tell you. Like, what do you What do you get from it? You get Star Trek, and and apparently not as much Star Trek as you thought you might.
1: Right. And lately, the big thing pissing people off too. I guess. The uh, Xfinity folks are having some fun with the Peacock, which they gave anybody that had an internet connection, free Peacock, and they were sending out all these little boxes that are like Hulu, but it's their version of the box. I got a couple of them. My parents got a couple of them. And all of a sudden, they're like, well, now we're not going to give you Peacock for free anymore, but we'll give it to you for like two ninety five, And then they decided, well, if you have the Gigabit, service which we do well, we're going to give you at least two more free years of peacock and i guess the overall community that has internet from xfinity is kind of confused at this point and for a lot of so, people they're unable to even access what they're supposed to be getting and they're not well happy. Hold,
0: hold on let me let me see if i can summarize the story comcast is getting greedy yeah probably or and, they
1: realized that this wasn't bringing them enough business and I'm assuming a lot do, of this do was, they
0: think that that charging a lot of money of the, the 12 people who actually care about the Peacock service is going to make them more money? Probably. I don't know if it will. I
1: mean, it's interesting because Peacock is tied into NASCAR, which is something I'm following again. And for the second half of the season, like their post game shows and stuff are all on Peacock. So you have to have that if you want it. But I thought their concept was they were going to make money by you being do. the next roku these physical devices i think they really overthought that this was uh or they overestimated that these were going to make them way more money than it has because
0: i mean the the interesting t- statistic to me would be uh how many people would have this service if they didn't get it for free with their internet not a lot i think that i think that number is going to be lower than comcast wants it to be probably yes And rightfully so,
1: because, again, there are way too many streaming services and people have a limit. When it was just Netflix, and I believe that Hulu was the next big one that popped out after Netflix. And Hulu, the thing they did really well was they had deals with everybody except CBS. So if you wanted to watch first run, they would give you the show the day after it aired over the air for... NBC, ABC, and Fox, which for a lot of people, that was like, well, I could cut the cable then. I can cut the cord. I don't have to have cable because I can watch all of my favorite shows except for the assholes over at CBS who went to do their own thing. And that kind of made sense, but it is so fractured now. It just doesn't make sense. And the oh, I want to watch uh Seinfeld, I can only watch that on this. Oh, I want to watch
0: Friends. I can only get this, you know, somewhere else. I still remember when like it was just Netflix and then Hulu was brand new. And then the rumors started about other companies that were going to get in on it The you know, early, early on the, the Disney rumor started that Disney might be doing one, uh, that Amazon might be creating one. They actually did. Uh, I think that was the first of many, 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 many times that I heard that Apple was going to be starting a video streaming service. Right. And
1: Apple has done a fairly decent job as with the unique content, with their own content. The Ted Lasso's and the, uh, the other The Morning Show, I think is the name of it, with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. They've had a couple of shows that I think were big enough that it brought people to buy their service, which is what you're, I guess that's the goal for all of these where Netflix on the other side seems like they went totally downhill where they had some great original programming for a while. And then it all dried up probably when the revenue started drying up.
0: Yeah. Well, or, or possibly when they went woke and,
1: and it became a lot less interesting watching the show. Netflix's
0: first original series was what house of cards, which had, you know, some amazing talent. It had, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey, Dana Brunetti was, uh, he he apparently was the brains of a lot of that. Uh, it, it, it was an amazing series. It was also a remake of a British series, so it was hard to go wrong. But they, if you remember that, that was such an incredible hit. It pretty much launched their ability to do everything. And then what was the next thing they did? Cause I don't remember I don't remember much else that Netflix did in their originals that was really impressive and had to be watched.
1: No, the only one that I liked that I watched recently was the one with uh, Sam Elliott and Ashton Kushner. The ranch was And Danny Masterson, which became very uncomfortable for them when the Danny Masterson rape trial started and they had to boot (laughs) him off the show. That was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Did Netflix cancel the whole thing? They well it basically did because once he left the show, I think it lasted another year. They brought in Dax Shepherd to be a character like the Danny Masterson. It was
0: kinda of like kinda of like with House of Cards when uh near the end of season four, uh the, the woke mob decided to cancel Kevin Spacey and right. they ended up just writing him out of season five. Like, oh, he's not in this season.
1: Yeah, don't pay any attention to this because
0: we yeah, be ignore woke. this. He didn't actually exist. That that's fun.
1: Because all actors behave themselves when the cameras are off. I'm trying to think
0: what what real hits have been in the Netflix originals. They had, I mean, obviously they started with House of Cards, which was very strong. And then the next thing I can think of was uh, Stranger Things was pretty huge. But Netflix has been, uh, kind of like Hollywood, has been one hit amongst dozens and dozens of forgettable shows. Okay, not a big deal. Except that when your hit rate Goes down because every show is now a remake of something or t- based on a true story, but you've changed all of the lead characters into black lesbians or something like that. Like at some point, people are like, "I don't need to." Like, what else you got? I- I'm I'm not interested in your originals.
1: Yes. Oh, and that was it with the uh, with the final season. I think it's the final season yeah. of Ted Lasso. All of a sudden the one woman who never had a uh, anything but a straight relationship was sleeping with a woman. I mean this they got so woke it's like you're writing this in into characters where it makes no sense and it's like how do you not expect there to be some kind of pushback from people that are like this just ruins your whole storyline having to force feed this kind of crap into it. It's like if it's a, a you know a something that happens uh, with a new character maybe that's different but you're you're like massively changing existing characters that have been around for years because what you need to check a few diversity boxes. It it doesn't work. That's not how you make entertainment.
0: Uh, Phoenix mentions breaking bad in the troll room. I just want to point out breaking bad was uh, one of the other types of things that Netflix played, which was, it was an AMC right series right. that was on like network TV back when people cared about network TV. And it was very successful there. And then it became so successful. They decided to syndicate it and Netflix got a really sweetheart deal for a brief period of time. It was exclusive on Netflix only. It was the only place you could watch it. You couldn't even see reruns on AMC because their deals said Netflix, Netflix, Netflix that lasted for like a year and a half. And then it got pulled from Netflix before I managed to watch season five, by the way, (laughs) that happened. See, I've got it all uh,
1: downloaded, allegedly, right up my name. Uh, yeah,
0: may or may not. I, no, I I did finish it later when it appeared somewhere else, but, uh, or it might have been on Netflix again. I don't, I, I don't even watch, I, I abandon Netflix. I think Amazon is the only one I have, and they are desperately trying to get me to abandon their streaming platform too. They made uh, a couple of changes that no most people would not care about, but the one that is really going to drive me away from the Amazon streaming video was they had pre-roll ads in everything. And even I couldn't even find a, a way for my ad blocker to filter them out, but it wasn't a big deal because for a long time you'd get go and the ad would start playing, but fuck that I have a browser setting that says no media plays until I interact with it. And then while the ad is playing at the bottom, there was a little skip ad button that would skip you directly to the content you care about. So with my browser auto paused, the only thing I would click is the skip ad button at the beginning, so it wasn't a big deal. Except they removed the skip ad button, and the other thing that appears in that location is the skip to next episode button. And I missed a couple episodes before I realized this shit is not skipping my ads anymore. Yeah, and it's like- I'm just every single like the last streaming service I still watch is. Actively degrading their user experience to the point where I want to take uh, uh, Lucas CH's recommendation that ju- was just sent in and No Agenda Social says the best streaming service is the private bay. It has everything, it's free, and you don't give money to evil commies. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because there are some of these uh,
1: pirate sites that now have, besides the download button, I saw this on, I think it was Torrent Galaxy. You can just press play and it'll start streaming whatever it is from I guess using the torrent technology, so you're streaming it from whoever is closest to you I guess but it's sure like, that's crazy it's like that's it there's the best streaming that, that, service
0: ever that is that is a a decentralized community driven app experience
1: <laughs> but when these like Amazon i mean you're giving people allegedly this as a perk for being a prime member.
0: Oh, get prime video. It's like, well, if you start running well, ads. Oh, that's not going to be true anymore. Right. They're, they're, they're stepping up the ads. They are going to, they've, uh, this actually was a story. I don't remember if I brought it to this show or angry tech news. It's so di- all the news stories I read kind of meld in my head brain. I may not have, have talked about it at all, but Amazon was going to bring ads To their service, which I guess they already had pre-roll ads, but they're talking about bringing more ads. I don't know interstitial what, but the service that you get with prime is going to be all ads now. Like, you know, like there might be some content interspersed in between the ads, but as far as I can tell, they're going to like, they're going to pad out every 46 minute or 42 minute episode to the full hour by adding ads. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to charge extra now for streaming with. Only the pre-roll ads.
1: Absolutely insane. But that, yeah, these yeah. companies are pushing this stuff. I saw an article that Costco is starting to crack down, and I, I was having this conversation with my wife earlier when I saw this. I'm like, if this were to happen to me, I would just cancel my Costco membership and never go back. Because they are now going to ask if it is a membership card, which a lot of the earlier ones... You know, don't have the photo on there. They're asking for photo ID that if you're not the person that the card belongs to, they're not going to let you make the purchase. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. If I have a membership card and I give it to somebody and say, hey, can you go get this for me? Yeah. And then they're going to be like, well, you're not the person. I'll be like, well, go fuck yourself. This is Costco saying
0: that they do not want customers. Yes, it is. Because I'm like, you it's, know, it's, I've worked. For- it's a retail establishment turning away customers who want to pay them for goods and services. Yes, who have it, an
1: actual membership card that maybe belongs to somebody else. But for years, I worked for a guy, you know, the, the carpet store that I ran. Then it's like, well, here, go buy this. It's like, well, what do you mean I can't buy it? I don't understand. It's like, there's only one card. So if that's in somebody else's hands, most likely the person gave them the card and said, go get this. You know, it's not like you can reprint a thousand different cards and give them to all of your
0: friends. I had, I had a Costco card way back in the day and somewhere along the line, I kind of let it drop because what I realized was that Costco isn't selling anything that I can't get elsewhere without having to uh, authenticate myself at the door that, right. that, you know, Early on, nowadays, at the nowadays everybody knows that you can't even visit a fucking news website or a search engine without authenticating yourself and say, you know, I am not a robot and I, yes, I am this person. And here, here's all of my private data and browsing history. But when Costco was doing that in meat space, 10, 15 years ago, was like, I don't need this. And there's absolutely nothing at Costco that I can't get elsewhere. So I kind of wandered off and abandoned somewhere along the line the number of people around me who were saying, Oh, well, you know, Costco's got this Costco's got that. And I, it, 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 I think what finally sold it to me was that they had a uh, really cheap booze in bulk, which is right. not easy to get in other places. And so my brother finally convinced me is like, Hey, do you want to go in together and just, you know, we'll get for the four of us, he and his wife, me and my wife, uh, we'll all go together and we'll get one membership with four cards. It'll be, you know, it'll, it'll work out. The The cost makes sense. Went ahead and did it, got my first Costco card in probably seven or eight years. This was in February of 2020. Costco was the first business in the area to start turning people away for not wearing diapers on their faces.
1: Yeah.
0: And that lasted for two years and I just let the membership drop and went. Okay. Nope. They 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 had a second chance. They could have kept me as a customer, but they made it difficult again. This, by the way, was a full two months before Jay fucking Inslee decided to force everyone to wear diapers. Costco just did this on their own because they really really wanted to. You know, they wanted to sell more masks because uh, they were selling them too. They wanted to completely (laughs) foil their their loss prevention system internally by making everybody wear masks? I don't know.
1: I mean, it's just insanity what these companies are doing. I mean, I kind of get the Netflix with the, we don't want 5,000 different IPs attached to one account because then we know what's going on. But people don't all sit in one area and the IP addresses from where you are are going to change every now and then. And as we've talked about, that's why companies like NordVPN went, Uh, Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. We have a service where you could all connect through your home. Wink, wink.
0: Oh, I have a follow-up on that. Uh, Apparently, and this is something I didn't really know the last time we talked about this. Apparently, we have Netflix here, too. Oh, and Paramount. You have a lot of streaming services. Yeah, there's a lot of streaming services that, uh, you know, we, mainly my wife, is paying for. And I don't know we have. So, clearly, I'm not getting a lot of value out of it. But went ahead and tried um, to log into Netflix. And I did in fact run across a page that would not let me log in and said, if this is, you know, if this is you make sure that you validate yourself on the app or something like that, is is this your, you know, you don't appear to be at home because I have a different ISP than my wife does. "And, And you know, you do not appear to be at home. If this is you, please validate on the app. And, You know, and then on the app, they, I also got a banner at the top that said, uh, if you're not, uh, you know, here's how you can pay extra money to have a separate account. Like, yeah, well, where's the value in that?
1: How dare you have a different ISP? The thing is,
0: it didn't work at all in Chromium. It only worked in Brave. And I think the reason it worked in Brave is because I had logged into Netflix with that browser before. So they knew my browser fingerprint.
1: Right, right. Uh, Anonymous just boosted 17,776 Satoshis and said, we're down to our last streaming service, Funimation, and it kind of blows. What is Funimation?
0: Apparently, it kind of blows. That's a stellar <laughs>
1: review. <laughs> he said, I had Shudder for a while, which is all horror. And even that, I maybe watched three movies oh, over the course get of get a year. You get into a
0: streaming service that's all whores.
1: Yeah, well, that's horror. Horror oh. movies. Oh. Different. But it was like the other day on uh, unrelenting. Uh, yeah, it
0: might not be different if you're into the blood and guts. I'm just saying. But
1: uh, go on. An unrelenting. A CSB liked this so much, he even uh, he even had to clip it. Gene was uh, talking about you know lunch, and he's like, oh, should I get uh, should I get Asian or uh, European or what? It was like Asian or Middle Eastern, and I'm like, are you ordering food or a prostitute? It took his brain <laughs> at least a few seconds to put together what uh, he what he said and why I was responding that way. <laughs> you know, if Funimation is anime, said uh, Boobery. You know too much, Boobery. In a 1776 said uh, that anonymous. Now I'm kind of putting two and two together. Boobery might be a Funimation fan. He may be the one that says it blows. Although it said anonymous, be. which I mean, Boobery rarely wants to remain anonymous. He has his own show and everything.
0: It it, it That's important. It's important to have your own show. And you're you're as not really on the internet unless you do your own podcast. That seems to be the way it works these days.
1: Well, we were talking before the show, and I just love the fact that you're making more money off your split with booberry <laughs> than you are on this show. I mean, that just says a lot about this show, I guess.
0: Yeah, it, it's really a commentary on Grumpy Old Ben's more than anything else. No. Yes. Booberry has a very successful show with a very committed audience. Some of them should be committed to a mental institution. <laughs> but wait, I thought that's where most of them listen from. That might be where they're listening from. Uh, B Booberry is, uh, I, I can say nothing but good things about him. And the main reason for this is of course, he included me in the splits. I get a very small share of behind the schemes because he uses the chapters app. And also I do some tech support, although I'm pretty really crappy about that, uh, to help out with the technical side of it. And I, Really don't want to do anything to jeopardize that because Behind the Schemes makes so much on boosts and Grumpy Old Benz makes next to nothing that I actually get more from a tiny split of Behind the Schemes than I get for half of Grumpy Old Benz.
1: And uh, Boobery says, Sir Bemrose, that new tool you're of yours is great. So I don't know what he's playing with your
0: tool. Or... We, we should really, pre- no, this is, we can table this for our discussion in Grumpy Old Benz after dark. Oh, okay. Where where we talk about booberry worshiping my tool.
1: Welcome to Grumpy Old Ben's After Dark. That might actually bring in more maybe even Okay. Bigger yeah. audience.
0: <laughs> Why, so hit? I hear that we're all dead from climate change now.
1: No, we were supposed to be though.
0: Well, that that was uh the prediction, which definitely made the rounds uh out in in the meme world not i, I uh, okay, let me side note one of the guys uh memes thirteen thirty seven who has donated to this show via boost and therefore obviously I like him a lot, has shut down his account on no agenda social why because he was specifically called out by Adam for you do nothing but post memes all day I'm like that's a fucking public service, but Adam doesn't like memes anymore, so <clears throat> Sadness, a uh, moment of silence for uh, one of the most prolific purveyors of crappy memes and the occasional good one. Hey, I don't mind a good meme, but they're, they're rare. Well, obviously, a real meme connoisseur has their filters up where they're like, crap, 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 crap. Right click, save as crap, crap, crap. And you just get used to it. It's kind of... Li- Uh, Memes, like everything on the Internet, like most everything in life, follows Sturgeon's law.
1: This is true. And uh, Ned came in with a 15,000 sats. He said, I was going to get some religious streaming service called OnlyFans. At least I'm pretty sure it's religious because the girl on it kept saying, oh, God, a lot.
0: It is. There are a lot of people who definitely make that their religion. I mean, anyway, uh, according to. According to this tweet that whose screenshot has been shared a lot, you have to share the screenshot because it's from Greta Thunberg. Oh, Greta. Who deleted her tweet. No, wait, okay. So when, this was people, how many started, years ago? when people started linking to it, uh, it is from five years ago, from June 21st of 2018, saying that if we don't do something immediately about climate change, we'll all be dead in five years. And That's not exactly what it said. I, I but, should probably but, just click and read it. But didn't we do something? So, I mean. A, well, okay. So, what it actually says a top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. Did oh, we stop?
1: No, we did not. Then we're dead. Yeah. So, we're
0: all doomed. <laughs> so, here's the thing
1: once you realize you're doomed, you may as well go all yeah. balls so, to the wall. So why are
0: we making everybody's lives miserable if if we've passed the point of no return? Why are we still making everyone's lives miserable by forcing them to eat bugs and drive electric cars when hey, we're all doomed anyway. We might as well enjoy it. Let's right. go back to the good times.
1: Fuck yeah. This is why the liberals don't like logic. <laughs> right there. That proves it. Cuz I would say, "Oh, we're all dead." Well, well, hell man. Let's it's you know, you take we, People when they find out and it's horrible. But people every day find out they have a terminal illness. I mean, besides just life. Yeah. But they find out, you know, they have six months to live or a year, and there's two ways to take that. There are the ones that will just sit for the rest of their lives and wallow, and the other ones that go, "Fuck, man,
0: let's do it." Yeah. Like I've got, I've got one hundred twenty thousand dollars in my retirement account. Let's (laughs) liquidate that bitch and have some fun. (laughs) Go to Vegas, baby. And then tomorrow, when we're down, when we're in debt, tomorrow. Here is my advice for anybody approaching the end of life who who still has, you know, a nice fat retirement account or savings or whatever. Spend it. Yeah. What have your kids done to deserve that shit? Spend it. Use it. Enjoy yourself.
1: Absolutely. It's (laughs)
0: the only way to go.
1: Only way to go.
0: Yeah. So uh, apparently we're all dead Uh, and I I can tell because I look outside and uh, the sky is just a little bit hellish. Remember a couple of weeks ago when, well, you don't have to remember a couple of weeks ago because it's happening in Chicago right now when the entire sky was brown, yeah, because of wildfire smoke. Um, out here on the left coast where we have more trees than cities, that's every August. So, seeing people freak out about all these Canadian wildfires in the eastern part of the country fills me with, uh, you know, a little bit of smirking, simply because. Yeah, yeah, that's right, bitches. You cough for a while. And it's so Come, weird it's-
1: in this area. I mean, we are in the, the southern suburbs of Chicago, and my wife works for the village now. She said people have called, and, like, it seems really hazy out. <laughs> I mean, people are, like, concerned, and they don't know. But it's like, do you not turn on the news? Do you not hear about the
0: fires? I, I, if they're healthy, they don't turn on the news. True. That's correct.
1: True. There are the air alerts that say you know basically don't go outside without an N95 mask. Go figure. Oh God. And it's like, you know if you're I mean if you have a a condition if you have bad lungs if you have COPD if you have something like that then yeah I would probably recommend you don't go outside much. Yeah, when that, that's the, the point like that. where
0: you know you have to be concerned if you have weak lungs and you have a, a condition or you know just like if breathing is doesn't come naturally to you then be careful when the air quality is low. But I can tell you from experience that the air quality gets really crappy every single summer out here, you know, to the point where, where the atmosphere is so thick, you can chew it with a fork mm, smoky, tasty flavor. Yeah. And, and you know, when, when all of your food is smoked and yeah, it's not great on the lungs, but if you're an otherwise healthy people, if you're, well, if you're people, then take a fucking diet. But If you're an otherwise healthy person, you I mean, obviously, it's not going to feel good, but you'll heal. It's not generally permanent to breathe some smoke for a bit.
1: The uh, the the correlation that was given for how Chicago is today was if you spend 24 hours outside in Chicago today, that is the equivalent of smoking six cigarettes.
0: And maybe part of the reason why I don't think this is a big deal is that uh, I was a second-hand chain smoker for my first 19 years. Smoking six cigarettes was pretty much every day for me when I was a kid.
1: You're like, that's a Tuesday when I was six. Yeah. Hey, I worked so, in a place when I was uh, 16. Which, which might be why my lungs are not top shape. <laughs> Probably. I blame at 16, I worked a summer at a local pool supply Refilling the five-gallon chlorine bucket. So I inhaled a lot of chlorine fumes, oh, which are not good. Oh, that's good on the lungs, too. Uh-huh. So when I die, I'm gonna that'll be it, man. Liquefied lungs, I'm betting you. Well, yeah, cold acid says you'll also be murdered twice if you spent 24 hours. In- <laughs> <laughs> <No>. It's...
0: <laughs> So on the bright yeah, side yeah. your lungs I, will be fine i mean i i think he just nailed it if if you are in chicago and you want to spend 24 hours outside it's not the smoke that's going to get you
1: no no it's that lead in the air it's way yeah. worse than the smoke
0: it's it is in fact too much particulate matter in the air yeah but the particles are they're not
1: microscopic and this weekend baby nascar hits chicago and on Saturday we're getting our new air conditioner. And- so woo, I should be able to be nice and cold by Sunday. Oh yeah, how are you not dead? Well, the air conditioner is still working. They just had to refill Ooh. the uh, the magic juice
0: that's inside of it. Uh. So there went all of your profits from podcasting for the last 6 months.
1: Oh, absolutely, because it was like last year we ended up paying like 4 to 600 bucks to keep the thing going and then we t- got another refill just to keep it going now for a few hundred bucks and the new unit's going to be four grand so uh yeah this, that is way more than i make and the uh, grumpy old ben show for uh for the year
0: you know i don't have a lot of good things to say about the people running this part of the country but i'm still a huge fan of the weather i just want to hold on quick report
1: yeah it's a nice it out.
0: is 71 degrees outside and 69 degrees inside right now.
1: Ooh, that's a pretty nice combination.
0: And the window next to me is open because why not?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Cotton gin says, get a heat pump. And I know that is where, uh, with the rebates, our electric supplier, Commonwealth Edison, they no longer do rebates on air conditioners because the government don't want you to have the good stuff. And they will give you a bunch of money back on getting a heat pump. But here's the problem with the heat pump in Chicago. It's an extreme condition. The summers can get over 100 degrees. The winter can get damn cold. And heat pumps just do not work all that well. By comparison to the old-fashioned stuff that, you know, takes a little bit more energy. But everybody's going to be fucked because this is the kind of stuff that is being pushed. And it's just not going to hold up to, you know, the heat pumps when it's 40 below. And it's like, well, gee, why won't it get? above 60 in the
0: house. Well, have you ever stopped to think that maybe the purpose of environmental regulations has, it has nothing to do with saving the planet because the planet does not give a shit about you, me or anyone else. The planet will be just fine. But the purpose of all of these environmental regulations, you ever stop to think that maybe it's just to make people miserable. I think it, well, I think it's to turn it into a third world country. Like, well, they don't have air conditioning in because if, if people are dying and hot and sweating and they can't make any money because they're under socialism and they're constantly worried about being shot and thrown in a gulag, then, hey, they're not going to spend a lot of time trying to plot to overthrow anything because they're they're on basic subsistence. Well, and then, it's, you know, with
1: these new smart meters, they can turn your air off or turn it on anytime they want. You
0: know, this that's is a frightening thought. Yes. If, if they can turn your air off, like if like. If you're living in in a sci-fi novel on a space station, that's how you control the population. You turn people's air off. Uh I think that was the plot to the Arnold Schwarzenegger Total Recall, too. It's like people were getting uppity and protesting the authoritarianism. And he's like, well, I'll show you I'm not authoritarian. And he shut off the oxygen to the like that's (laughs) when you said turn your air off. That was the first thing came to my mind.
1: Well, Absolutely. Absolutely what they recommend when they send out their little well we want you to be very efficient we want you to be able to not have super high bills and help the planet the recommendation was to keep the planet right this is planet done for me exactly that's what i'm saying but they say during the day keep your air conditioner at 78 degrees fahrenheit what and turn it up to 82 at night when sleeping. I'm like, do you want everybody to not no, get any sleep there, whatsoever? There won't
0: be any sleeping. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I, maybe I don't live in the right climate. Maybe I'm not used to it. At 82, there is no sleeping. That doesn't happen.
1: No, I agree. So it's like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And as long as I can afford to run my air conditioner, which is getting harder and harder every year.
0: The, the summer months are, by the way, the point where I actually regret the architecture of my house that keeps the master bedroom on the top floor.
1: Oh, yeah, because that's warm, baby.
0: I I will say in the winter, though, it's not bad. Now,
1: yeah, well, what you do is you just get an air mattress, you go down in the basement, you're all good. Oh, yeah,
0: that's happened. Uh, diff- if you recall, when we were doing this last summer, uh, we had a couple times the the only two days out of the entire year that the temperature was above 90. And with, you know, that was that, by the way, is when you will actually find Sir Pimrose going, I like AC a little bit or, or, oh, it's too warm. You know, this 70 degree stuff, I'm going to laugh at everybody complaining about the heat. It gets over 90. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm sweating. It's too hot to do anything. Too warm. The basement is the place to be. Unfortunately, I don't have a studio down there.
1: And having a, a portable air conditioner now is good. I mean, I am really enjoying that because you can just at least have the bedroom be nice and cool. I can make it through the rest of the day. I mean, that's just a little inconvenient.
0: The the wife has a portable air conditioner for her office. That uh, so, of course, if it's really hot, that's another option is we just uh, all pile into the one back office and uh, she gets to play on her in her computer, whatever. And I get to play with the cat's.
1: And she's like, get the hell out of here. You're taking my cool.
0: No, no. <laughs> I cool too. <laughs> Just like you take a towel, take a towel, a little ice. You'll be fine. Cold acid, Perry air, naturally sparking salt-free air. And in Druidia. Oh, that's from Spaceballs. Okay. Sorry, I should, I should stop. It's such terrible show content when people react to things going on in the live stream.
1: No, that's why people like the live stream. It's happening. People are
0: Actually, interacting. What the hell do I know about quality show content? Our show doesn't make any money, so obviously, it's exactly, not that good.
1: we should be looking at what cold ass. No, he yeah. doesn't make any money. What we either. really
0: should be doing is smoking pot on the show actively and hey, talk, <laughs> hey, I'm talking like I'm wasted, you know, because that seems to be what brings in the satoshis. Hey man, you got you got any sats that you can like send a brother? Come on, man. The I mean, people who cannot form complete sentences because their lips and their brains and their tongues are not all in the same body at the moment. That seems to be the people who bring in the donations. So maybe we're doing this all wrong.
1: Maybe <laughs> be like, here's what we here. Here's this is a very fairly nefarious concept, but you're like everybody. Okay. Start drinking now. Start smoking now. And then like an hour into the show where everybody's wasted and you you've just been pretending. That's when you're like, Hey, you want hit that boost button, man? it'll feel good if you hit that booze button i turned into boost, the bus driver man. from uh from
0: us uh, <laughs> like, it's like which which dana carvey character are you right now <laughs> I, mean, I, I was i was, was kind I'm of dana carvey i might have yeah. gone a little too far back in time
1: might have been cheech and chong you know yeah hey man i don't
0: know like otto here. was
1: it otto the bus driver from the simpsons <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just,
0: maybe was, i don't remember
1: it was a great character
0: I understand that the Simpsons is still on, but I think that the last time that I religiously watched that show, I was in middle school.
1: It's been a while for me too. I mean, I even jumped off the South park train, but I think that's a lot harder to find now as well. I, I think that's on like, Paramount. I remember
0: absolutely loving the shit out of South park. When I was a sophomore in college in 1997, you will respect my authority. I, I'm not saying that these shows, which are clearly very successful, should give it up. But I am maybe thinking, yeah, how many years is enough?
1: Well, forever, because they are never aging characters. And now, you know, you could you just put the voice in a vault. and. Uh,
0: yeah, know, the limiting factor is when your your voice actors die of old age. But now you've got AI for that.
1: See, Brooklyn with the 1111 one, sats, he just says, hey, man, here, man. No, here. <laughs> that's right. He's like, here you go. Here's here's some sets, man. You guys got any of them sat things? Those are pretty cool, man. Man. And, uh, and Ned, Ned with 420 sets. Now that's on the nose. He's, he says, <laughs> no, love no. that stony Four, talk, man. No,
0: 420 K would be on the nose.
1: He said, it makes me want to stone you guys. I think that's I think it's a different kind of stoning you're talking about here.
0: No, no. I I evoke those feelings in lots <laughs> of people. Stone Bebros, bros, everybody
1: the people just start running from their homes. Like the villagers, they've got little pitchforks in, yeah.
0: in fact, last, last time that I, you know, had a crowd after me trying to, st- I, I was moving so fast in the podcast. I got stoned and I missed it.
1: Uh, okay. Terrible. Phoenix, Please. uh, one, 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 one sets as well. A small satchel for the whiny podcasters. Hey, if we get paid for being whiny, we could do more
0: whiny. Yeah. I, well, it's, it seems to be our formula. I, I hesitate to say it's a successful formula, but it's what we've got. How about the, uh, how about the, uh, I can do some stories.
1: How about the depressed podcasters? The we the uh, go like all Douglas Adams. We could do the, the bot that was all Doug, right? was that?
0: what was the bot's name? I decided a long time. Uh, you're thinking Marvin. Marvin, right? Yes. Doug I decided a long time me of ago that that being angry beats the hell out of being despondent. So I decided that depression isn't for me.
1: But but if people would if they would just if they would
0: just if they would just stream all of
1: their Satoshi's to us, then then we could really do a good show. I just know we can.
0: Does that work? No. <laughs> You stole that guy. How do you feel about talking about s- some electric vehicles?
1: Oh, God. Is it, is it, is it is <laughs> but not it, is just electric? Oh, okay. Uh,
0: I got, I got two stories on this. Uh, one is, uh, JD Power released their 2023 initial quality study for cars, and, uh, it's not great news for manufacturers or consumers. Wait, Tesla or the Volt, these aren't like just well this was this was all cars not just evs but evs definitely topped the charts uh so the initial quality study from jd power I, jd power is uh, they are uh effect, they are majorly funded by the automakers i, I don't you, there could be some question about their objectivity but they've come up with numbers and data and i do like me some data so i was going to bring it anyway the initial quality study effectively surveys Car owners, um, in particular, what they do is they get the information, the contact info from dealerships about who bought a car and then survey them a hundred days after for uh, what kind of problems did you have during your first 90 days of owning this car That's the the initial quality study. Now it being a survey, uh, a voluntary response, um, you know, the people who had problems are definitely going to be whinier than the people who are happy. So it, it, take all of the the grain of salt that you need for it being a survey. But the result, the overall result that they had, um, they track how many problems did you have per 100 vehicles? The status PP 100. Um, so across all owners. The industry average is 192 problems per 100 vehicles. So on average, you are going to self-report in your first 90 days of owning a brand new car that you had two major problems with your car. That's a lot. Yeah, that, I feel like in the first 90 days of owning a brand new car, is it unreasonable for me to think that number should be close to zero? No, like, it should be like I, when you first start dating somebody. Everything's fantastic. I, I get it. Seven years down the road, when the warranty is expired, things should start falling off your car. That's planned obsolescence. But you don't plan for obsolescence in the first 90 days. This is not This is not obsolescence. This is shitty manufacturing.
1: Yes. Um. Uh, and it depends what they're considering a problem, but
0: people are dumb. So who knows? The industry average, by the way, also went up in between 2021 and 2023. It went up by 30 problems per hundred vehicles.
1: A decent so raise.
0: cars are getting worse. Um, they split the study into nine key categories. Infotainment, features, controls and displays, exterior, interior, driving assistance, powertrain, seats, climate, and driving experience.
1: Wait, infotainment is one of the... Uh, is
0: one of the categories. In a car. Which which is the iPad that is now embedded in every fucking car in existence.
1: Right, which is yeah. very safe. Nothing to worry about.
0: No, no, it's not. But, but that's okay, because it's got paternal software that makes it so that if the car is in motion, then not even the passenger can do anything with that thing. Because, you know, because these... Companies are more, um, are your parents apparently. Exactly. Anyway, in eight of those nine categories in uh, infotainment, features, controls and displays, exterior, interior, driving assistance, powertrain, seats, and climate. Those eight categories all went down in quality. The number of problems people had with those went up year over year. The only one that did not go down was driving experience. It was flat. It was exactly the same as last year. So uh, some key findings, specific problems that that people complained about on the survey. Uh, door handles is the one that surprised me the most, because you would think that door handles are kind of a, a solved problem. It's a technology that we kind of understand. You lift a lever, you end up in the car. Is that <laughs> am I completely unreasonable thinking that door handles should should not be a source of brand new problems? It should certainly not be a uh, a new issue. Well, apparently some idiot designers thought, hey, the, the mechanical handle where you have to lift up a handle or push a button to get into the car. No, no, that's so 1923. We need to add touch sensors. Oh, and right. nowadays, like, I think my brother's car is like this. He's got an EV where you have to walk up near it with your smartphone in your pocket, the smartphone connects to the Bluetooth, which of course has a lag, and or, or actually uh, the key fob is the other option. And when you get near your car, the car automatically unlocks, except when it doesn't. And that's when you and have if to it
1: stroke it just right on a little There's panel.
0: a backup. There's a little touch sensor on the handle. The handle itself doesn't move, but there's a little tiny metallic touch sensor. You put your finger on that. It's a capacitive sensor. And if your key fob is within range of the door or of the car and you hit that button, then it should unlock, except when it doesn't. (laughs) So and just to be clear, my brother has not reported any problems with his door handles, but apparently enough people reported problems with the very act of trying to get into their car that It showed up on JD Powers' problems report, their their first ninety days quality report of people. If I don't know, I, I I know that I'm definitely anachronistic here, but I still have a little piece of metal in my pocket that I insert into a hole next to the door handle. I turn it, and the whole thing works. This is a known technology that has never failed me, and I remember in the '90s and and 2000s when. I would laugh at morons who lost the ability to get into their car because the batteries in their little push button key fob died. And I'm like, you've got a key on your key ring. Your key is literally in your hand right next to the key fob, but you don't know how to use a key. Are you stupid? Well, they've taken the keys away. Now, if you don't have your smartphone handy or your special car specific radio fob, or somebody, some hacker is blanketing you with RF interference, you're not getting into your car.
1: Well, I want to hear the interview with the person that they, well, how, how have you been uh, doing with your car for the past hundred days? And they're like, haven't been able to get in it. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably really or, good, but I can't get I, in. I know I've brought a, a news story about a, a replay attack on the key fobs where you, you go up, And you activate your door locks and it unlocks the door and somebody records that. And then you walk into the store and leave your car in the mall parking lot. And these people will replay it and boom, your car opens up for them, too. This is terrible security. This is that automakers don't know how to make software should not be a surprise for anybody. But that automakers don't know how to make a freaking door handle really should be a warning signal somewhere.
1: Well, yeah. And some of those Hyundai's and what was the other brand? There are two main manufacturers that were getting stolen so much because of the lack of security that insurance companies are like, oh, we're just not going to insure them anymore.
0: Yeah, I do remember this. Like, and, and let me tell you, it is. Yes, if you do the security right, you can secure uh, an electronic key fob radio based system, although there's a whole lot of moving parts and it's susceptible to, you know, like. One thing that everybody with one of these things has, uh, my 20-year-old Buick, if the battery under the hood dies completely, I can get into my car. That is apparently a feature only available on old cars now. Right. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that this system is better, but it is possible to secure it. If if people are doing replay attacks on it, it's because your software is shit and you really need to find somebody who knows how to do software but i tell you what is hard to do a replay attack on is a key that never leaves my pocket at least now you can't do an invisible radio wave thing you've got to come up and physically touch me in order to get my key out
1: and either way you're getting some action
0: yeah and i might enjoy it okay other key findings uh safety systems um massive decrease in quality For, um, the 80% of cars, this is a crazy high number. 80% of cars have all four primary driver assist features. I didn't even know these were primary, but, uh, forward collision warning, lane keeping lane departure warning and blind spot warning. Apparently these are available in 80% of all cars now. Um, however, even year over year, 7.2 more problems in 2023 than in 2022 per hundred cars On just the lane keeping features. Now, I don't know if this is because the software has got worse because they don't ship cars with uh, with tire alignments anymore. Or if there's so much, you know, maybe there are people driving in in Seattle and San Francisco and Chicago and there's so much trash on the streets that it can't find the lanes anymore. I don't know. But uh, 7.2 more problems per hundred vehicles just in one year. In that one feature, that's there's th- this is a warning sign. Uh, what else? Another statistic that blew me away 76% of our ca- all cars sold today have apps attached to them. Oh,
1: well, this there you disgusting. go. This is disgusting. You gotta uh, have an app and you gotta have all you gotta be
0: connected all the time. Uh, 52% of car owners admit to using their apps every day. That's much higher for. Uh, owners of battery EVs, uh, electric vehicles, battery uh, owners uh, admit to using them. It says, okay, I didn't quite understand the statistic. Owners use them 68% of the time. It's not clear to me if that means that they use them on on two-thirds of all days or if two-thirds of all owners use them daily or what. This statistic was weird, but J.D. Power didn't seem to care too much about writing their summary to be statistically valid. Uh, Oh, another huge area where a source of massive problems, Android infotainment. Uh, Here's something that I did not know because I haven't bought a new car recently. And this kind of blows me away. Google is approaching Microsoft levels of naming confusion with this. They have three different products. Did you know this? Android Auto, Android Automotive, and Google Automotive Services which is presumably uh, chosen because its acronym is GAS. <laughs> Most likely, There's, yeah. These are three different products. Android Auto is the same as CarPlay. It is an extension, a, a Bluetooth extension of your phone in the car. You sit down in the car, you put your phone in the car somewhere, it connects, and now your phone becomes, you know, all of your phone functions are on the, the Android Auto system. Android Automotive Which you can be forgiven for thinking is the same as Android Auto, but it's not totally different thing. Android Automotive is effectively an Android OS for all of your car features, uh, functions like the seats, the heat, the air conditioning, the automatic mirrors. Um, whenever you get in a car and you have to put on your reading glasses and dig through 17 menus worth of shitty Android touchscreens on the big console in the middle. That is Android Automotive. Uh, You know, if if all you really want to do is turn on the AC and adjust your seats and mirrors and you have to go through 17 menus, that's Android Automotive doing that.
1: And when the app crashes and it resets your seat to the uh, default position and crushes anybody over five foot eight, then what?
0: Well, then you end up uh, that is, in fact, what you call a crash. Ah,
1: yes, yes. Do people
0: not just of the operating
1: system? (laughs) Are people complaining about those as well or do they like those?
0: I don't know. Um, But uh, the third service that Google has is uh, the gas service is kind of like Android Automotive, except that imagine if you take your Android operating system for your car and you connect it to Google Play services. Well, and then you get past the fact that that's always crashing. Right. Um, That's so. Android automotive, the, the one, it's, so the, the Google automotive is effectively, you know, it, it's kind of the difference between Android and AOSP where, uh, you know, how AOSP is the open source product that Google purchased in order and, and in order to say that Android is open source, but AOSP is really just super bare bones and doesn't have all the services and you can't run anything because every freaking function in every phone today, says, requires Google Play Services, which is a bunch of proprietary stuff that sends all of your private data back to Google, and I've ranted about this on too many shows already. Google Automotive Services is kind of like that. Your your car phones home to Google to get authorization for everything you want to do. That's what Google Automotive Services does. Only a couple manufacturers use that. Most of them use Android Automotive, the which is the touchscreen OS for your whole car. That had 51 problems per hundred cars, which means in the first 90 days, flip a coin. If it comes up heads, your Android automotive was broken. That so you're is at what, least
1: very in, confused by how to use it.
0: it or, or Yeah, more likely you're very confused on how to use it because they. one thing Google has never figured out is how to make a user interface make sense.
1: Well, there's a lot of people, my parents included, that I would not want to have a computerized car for.
0: No, I I one of the reasons I still am sticking to my 23 year old car, 20 whatever it is, is because the radio, uh, the climate controls, the seats, the mirrors, all of them are controlled by physical knobs and switches. Hell yeah. Which means I can keep my eyes on the road and reach over. And I know because the knobs are different sizes in different positions. If I want to turn the radio up or down, I don't have to look at the radio. This is not something you get out of a touchscreen. I don't even understand how this could possibly have passed safety inspectors. The very idea of, oh, you know, I'm a little chilly. Let me turn up the heat a little bit. And you have to take your eyes off the road for 20 seconds while you navigate three menus deep to find the freaking climate controls. And then suddenly you fucking rear end a truck that stopped in traffic ahead of you because you were looking at the screen. How is this safe? How is this better than a physical knob I can reach over and just touch without looking at it?
1: Guys like knobs.
0: Yeah. Well, no. What what year is that Buick? Uh, 2001.
1: Ours is a 2002. (laughs) It's a great vehicle. Buick with Sabre.
0: Oh, man, it floats. Uh, mine's a Regal, which is their, their performance one. It comes with a supercharger, 280 horsepower. Whoa. That bitch goes when I need it to. Bob, that does not
1: sound like it's going to give you the most gas mileage. That no, you it could does not. Possibly. Ask <laughs> it
0: very much does not, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is a fine machine and you know, little bits, the extras kind of stop working after a while. And I don't like my cruise control went away. Um, it doesn't have air conditioning anymore, but I'm in a climate. I don't care. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, traction control stopped working. Now it's a front wheel drive car. So traction control was really only deciding which of the two front wheels to send it to. I lost that. Now, you know, the ABS is a little spotty, but I know how to emergency brake. A lot of systems that are good to have nice things to have are kind of failing on it. You know what is working like a freaking charm? The, the engine. Yeah. The, the motor, everything about driving in that. And it's so, like, the suspension is great. I like that car a lot. And you know what else really works really well? The door handles. Right. I can get into the car without having to fish <laughs> my damn smartphone out. Oh, but what fun is that? Come on. I am capable of driving this car while my phone is in the drawer at home, and I appreciate this feature.
1: But how will it tell you what the traffic up ahead is or the weather? I, my eyeballs do that. I don't understand it. It wants <laughs> to be interactive.
0: Actually, I have a system. If, if I'm driving with my wife, I do have a system for telling me the traffic and weather. And I don't even have to turn on the radio for it. I just say, hey, you know, we've got a split. We can take two routes. Which one's better? And she will pull out her phone and do that for me because
1: I don't want to. So, well, basically, then you just go, hey, Lisa. I mean, that's yeah. your that's your wake word.
0: It, it, the Lisa is my car operating system. And let me tell <laughs> you, it works a lot better than any Google Android garbage.
1: Well, and if you don't do the right thing, it hits you. So, I mean, there's there's that keeps you right in line. Uh,
0: let's see what else. What else? A wireless smartphone charging pad. I had no idea this was a feature in cars. Apparently, there's a pad where you put your phone in the car, and it uses the car battery to charge your smartphone. Now,
1: I didn't know that existed. I have pads that you put the phones on to charge, but they're usually just plugged into a, a USB. Apparently, port. this is
0: built into a lot of cars right now. However, it doesn't work. A lot, of cars there. Right now. Um, a lot of people had issues with it. Uh, either it was in a bad location. Like, you know, people, uh, one complaint said, uh, "Yeah, every time that I have to stop suddenly in traffic, my phone goes flying underneath the, uh, well, the pedals. Well, yeah, if there's no
1: magnetic part holding it to the, uh, you're or, holding or the phone here's down. Here's a weird
0: idea. How about like a physical plastic lip?
1: Yeah, a little clip. Yeah, you used to have those.
0: Just like, uh, instead of, a bin instead of a shelf. I don't know. Um, problems where the charge pads were making their phones overheat. Uh, problems Ooh. where the charging was intermittent or a number of people. Uh, 1.1 1. 1 per hundred said, Oh yeah, that's never worked.
1: Well, these are the people that also said they don't know how to get into their cars. So it's, it's less that's useful. True.
0: Less. You know, useful. I, normally I'd laugh at people for not knowing how to get into a car, but after researching this story it's a lot more complicated than i thought
1: yeah millennials don't like to ask and they don't like confrontation so they're just like the cars in the driveway i just can't get into it so i'm just gonna not drive
0: so uh jd power also sorted the various um sorted the various cars by brands which brands had the most problems which brands had the least problems remember this is all uh, initial quality, this is problems within 90 days of purchasing a brand new car. And I still maintain that that number should be zero across the board for all cars or your car needs to be recalled. But I might have my standards might be too high. Nope. Uh, the best brands uh, were Dodge, Ram, Buick, uh, Alfa Romeo, Porsche, Cadillac, Chevy and Kia. Wait, where's Those- Elon? Where's Elon? Nowhere. Uh, I'm getting to that, believe it or not. Um, by the way, uh, the most improved brands year over year were Maserati, Alfa Romeo and Ram, who uh, Maserati had a 73 PP100 improvement. So they reduced uh, three quarters of the people out there. They reduced it by one problem. So that's OK. You know, they, they're working on it. I gotcha. you. Uh, cool. Uh, of the ranked brands. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And here's another thing that I discovered that J.D. Power has. They are funded by the um, the automakers, but not all automakers are on board. The other thing that they have is there are certain states who uh, the states will not allow the uh, J.D. Power to survey the car owners or even get the list of car owners in that state unless the automaker turns over the list. Now, this is great for privacy. Not so good if you're trying to conduct a survey. Okay. But the only automaker, only the automakers who uh, signed on and gave J.D. Power permission to survey were officially listed in the report. Uh, The bottom brands of that were uh, (coughs) Lucid, Rivian. um, The Air quality is killing me right now. I'm telling you, it's no good. No bueno, man. Uh, Oh, uh, sorry. Lucid Rivian, Volkswagen, Chrysler, and Volvo, uh, Volvo, uh, Volkswagen, Chrysler, and Volvo all had around 250 PP 100, which means the average Volvo or Volkswagen or Chrysler owner had two and a half problems in their first 90 days of owning the car, whatever that is. Uh, Okay. You know, again, the problem could be, a, you know, I'm too stupid to learn how to open a door. Right. Which, or again, I don't know requires- how to turn
1: the radio on. Yeah, or it's
0: It could be. If it's the infotainment system, then you can blame Google for a lot of this, except the manufacturers are the ones who are putting that crap in there. Right. But here's the kicker. <clears throat> 250 PP100 for the bottom ranked brands who participated in this Volkswagen, Chrysler and Volvo. Coming in at 257. Now, this is only available from uh, the states that does not require the automaker to turn over the list of customers. So incomplete list, but extrapolating from that 257 PP100. So worse than the worst ones that were ranked. Tesla. Who does not give J.D. Power permission to. Uh, survey and does not give out customer lists. You would not talk to our customers. Now that said, there is one company worse than Tesla Polestar 313. Is that that even an auto manufacturer? I don't know what Polestar is. They they were listed on there with an asterisk saying they did not, you know, they, they don't want us surveying. (laughs) They don't want to blame blame them. Right. But yeah, Tesla was worse than every single automaker that, uh, participates in JD power. Well, in just in terms of, of people who buy a car and immediately shit doesn't work for them. And I will say this, you you are correct that, that people not being able to figure out how to use a car is included in these stats. And, and maybe you don't say that's the automakers problem, but I would argue that usability very much is the automakers problem. If you make a system That doesn't make any sense. And you're confusing people. That's a problem for your system.
1: Well, and I would say, too, as prices on cars continue to rise, people are going to start being a little more nitpicky as well. And it's interesting because a lot of these new features that people didn't ask for are exactly the things that are causing them distress and will cause them to rate the vehicle lower than if it just didn't have the dumb feature that they didn't want in the first place. But since it's in there and they
0: don't know how to use it, then they're pissed. And maybe if you could leave my door handle alone, give me physical knobs, and possibly focus on just making the car run well and efficiently, that would be a car I'd pick up. I don't need a damn iPad in the dashboard to blind me at night with a giant LED screen or to tell my wife that sitting in the passenger seat, she's not allowed to change the radio settings because the car is moving. I don't need that. I don't need an automaker deciding the, whether or not I'm capable of
1: operating a vehicle. And for all these things in, where the uh, door handles are an issue, if you don't have the right key fob, what happens if your uh, car's upside down and on fire and the fire people are there
0: and they're like, I can't get this guy out of the car because there's no door handle? Well, you're screwed because it's a battery vehicle and they can't put the fire out anyway. That's true.
1: So everybody's going to be dead anyway. See,
0: Greta was right. And and speaking of quali- air quality when one of those batteries burns yeah you don't want to be around that too you don't inhale. want to, yeah you don't want to be breathing in the air the air hey if you Okay just well as long an, as I'm on a roll and an N95 I have one, mask that's all you need I have one other automobile story uh this one is a little bit more political the National Health Traffic Safety Administration the federal uh, and the federal uh, Department of Transportation have sent out a letter advising automakers not to comply with Massachusetts state law.
1: Interesting.
0: Massachusetts passed a law. Apparently, this is old news, so it's not clear why the letter was sent now. But uh, in 2020, uh, by initiative, uh, but with overwhelming voter support, Massachusetts passed a state law that requires automakers to share vehicle data and specs With uh, owners of the vehicles and with independent repair shops. This is a right to repair law. Uh, It passed overwhelmingly and says in Massachusetts, you should be able to repair your own car. You shouldn't have to go to the dealership every single time you get locked out of your car because you can't figure out the door or the sensor has mud on it. The Alliance for Automotive Innovation, which is, of course, one of those fantastically, ironically named. Uh, trade groups, it's a trade group representing automakers. They filed suit to block right to repair. So, so much for automotive innovation, arguing that, uh, the Massachusetts law should be voided because it is preempted by federal vehicle safety rules. According to a lawyer from the NHTSA in the letter, uh, They argued that giving customers and repairers access to the vehicle systems demanded by Massachusetts could also make them available to hackers who could then access steering, accelerating, braking or electronic systems, which is the crux of their entire argument. Right. We cannot have right to repair because, oh, no, hackers,
1: because they're going to get in and they're going to drive you right off a cliff.
0: Yeah, that's the argument. Um, and sure, while we're at it, let's, you know, by the same logic, maybe, maybe all software companies should stop publishing APIs because hackers might be able to use them. Duh. Maybe we should stop allowing software interoperability entirely because hackers might get in. Maybe we should stop issuing smartphones because a hacker might get in and send a text message. Might. I, <laughs> they will. They, and they are. It, it, I mean, the parallels to computing, which we've seen for the last 30 years, exactly how this argument plays out. Are incredible. Uh, it doesn't matter if your system is open or closed. Hackers are going to get in if your security is shitty. And if your security is good, then your hackers are not really going to get in. That's it. It's not whether or not it's open, it's whether or not you have any clue what the word security means while you're developing your software. And as I may have just talked about in the previous story, Automakers have really shitty software. And I would argue that a remedy for this is maybe they stop putting so damn much software. But if they're going to, then hire somebody who's heard the word security before because these cars are terrible. And that's what the NHTSA is complaining about is these cars are terrible for security. And therefore we can't have right to repair, which is absolutely the wrong remedy. The right remedy is maybe we rebuild these systems so they're secure-ish. I mean, nothing can be hundred percent secure, but you can probably get better than two hundred fifty problems per hundred vehicles.
1: Well, and the ability to take control of the vehicle's operation remotely—that does not seem to be a feature that I would want in a car I am driving. That is not a feature on my two thousand one Buick. Oh, my neat, my two thousand and two Neaton doesn't have it it's, yet either.
0: It's crazy how you know the only people who can control whether the vehicle goes forward or stops or turns as um the people sitting inside the car, mainly the driver's seat. But I, I can see how it might be possible. Someone sitting in the passenger seat could affect the steering. Let's hope it doesn't come to that.
1: It was a whole simpler time when those cars came out.
0: It's, I mean, am, am I wrong for thinking it's absolutely insane that there's a control system available that the hackers can take over? I guess that's what self-driving and, and lane assist are. But that's what the big, you know, high profile stories, because they're so sensational, they don't happen that often, but high profile stories about hackers getting in and taking over the lane keeping and causing it to, you know, swerve sideways because it thinks that suddenly that it's not in the lane. Okay. Well, maybe then you, if you have to have the lane keeping, maybe you keep it secure. Maybe you also have a way for people to turn it off because, Hey, I'm quite capable of keeping my own lane. Am I am I off base here? Am I just being old and grumpy? No, because I think it leads to oh, the answer way to that more is yes. yes. But,
1: well, oh. it was a trick question. Yes. I mean, it's beautiful in theory, but when you're adding this stuff that by default is going to add the possibility for it to be misused, it's kind of like the Bitcoin thing when they're like, Well, we could add a super secret password, so in case you forget, well, see, no, then the security's gone. You can't have it both ways. If
0: oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the the helpful devices that say you shouldn't have to remember 24 words, so we'll store them for you.
1: Yes. Well, and then you got things like uh, LastPass. Now, I guess they just did something, too, with uh, two-factor
0: authentication. Let, it, let me guess. LastPass got hacked again. It's about that time. It seems, it
1: seems like it's even worse, though. It just seems like they are uh, incompetent,
0: which maybe they are. But well, you'd think if they were competent, they wouldn't be getting hacked like clockwork every four months. But I guess using those authenticator
1: apps is having an issue. And there's a lot of people who can't get into their account at all, which, as we would tell you with everything, always back up your password. So even if you're using a service like LastPass, you better have them somewhere no, it's else. A,
0: it's all good because you can secure your account with your Gmail right. and uh, you know, have them send you an SMS
1: right but then uh, you have to send it to the phone that's been compromised it doesn't work <laughs> it just shit don't work it does not work and, so yeah not being able to log into your account where all of your passwords are oops
0: so taking the cue from the computer industry who's been grappling with this problem for 30 plus years there is very little evidence that publishing technical details inherently makes things less secure. See also the entire open source industry. Open source is not inherently less secure. It's less secure when people don't know how to secure things. It's less secure when you give the intern the responsibility for building your login page. It's insecure because you feel like, you know, you're going to spend uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on uh, the developer who's going to write your anti-lock brake system, and then tell the guy just out of college, say, "Hey, you took a computer science course. Can you go write our key fob technology?" It, it, there's a lot of reasons why it's insecure, but nothing. The the correlation between whether the system is open or closed is very poor. Uh, automakers are not looking for they. they I mean. I look at this and it's pretty transparent. The automakers straight up don't want right to repair. The reason they don't want right to repair is because if people have the ability to repair their own cars, they have the ability to modify their own cars. Uh, given that cars are 100% software these days, the ability to modify your own car means that you can change the software. If you can change the software, then you are compromising one of the automakers giant billboards of dollar signs that they see in the future, which is, uh, the software is the lock and key to force everyone into high priced subscription automobiles. If if you can charge people $50 a month so that they can use, you know, so that they can get their door unlocked without having to have their key fob or phone with them, then the automaker sees a massive dollar signs And if you give people the ability to modify the software, someone out there is going to put together a kit. So I submit to you that, you know, I don't, I I think that the, the department of transportation and NHTSA are being willing pawns here. Imagine that government bureaucrats, but the Alliance for Automotive Innovation are not concerned about the hackers that are going to drive you into another lane. They're concerned about the hackers who are going to create a custom ROM that allows you to get all the horsepower you bought out of your engine or allow you to use, uh, you know, your infotainment system without having to pay a subscription. Great. You got to reprogram the EEPROM baby. Another thing that I discovered while doing this, uh, in response to the law passed in 2000, um, and this was something I didn't know Kia and Subaru, uh, cut off access across the board to all onboard telematics to any new car buyer in Massachusetts.
1: Because it was against the law? Was that the whole deal?
0: Because, up? because Kia and Subaru, at least, were overt about the idea of, no, we are not going to give people the ability to repair their own cars. Uh-huh. Not going so to force just, us. No way. So they said, OK, if you're in Massachusetts, you don't get to use all of our tele, uh, what, what telematics.
1: It's Basically, a telemedicine, but better.
0: Well, it's it's all of the features of the car that phones home and tells uh, some cloud database about everything that goes on in your car, which for me is really an incentive to go buy a new car in Massachusetts as far as I'm concerned. But I might be the wrong person to ask. Anyway. So uh, lobbying group uses a bureaucracy to try to shoot down a law. They don't like to try to shoot down something that was passed overwhelmingly by the voters of Massachusetts. I think that the lawyers for the uh, bureaucracy, the government, the federal government is flat out wrong, but um, I'm seeing this in a disturbing trend amongst a lot of people who are starting to argue that. Uh, unelected federal bureaucratic agencies can make rules, and those rules automatically preempt state laws. This is really dangerous to our our current form of constitutional government. The Tenth Amendment is pretty damn clear: states are supposed to be in charge anywhere that the Constitution doesn't say the federal government, and the federal government is only Congress has the right. The idea that the Depar- federal Department of Transportation, which does not have a single elected official anywhere in it, can willy nilly just preempt states laws is really scary. And I hope that gets shot down by courts if it ever goes. Yeah, it's getting crazy.
1: They don't understand. Most people don't understand the federalist way. And uh, this is what you get. They can't even get into their cars for the love of Pete. Yeah. <laughs> not well, the, or you know, they can't figure it out.
0: Sorry, and, I, and these you, are the people making laws. They're the ones they can't figure out how to. Yeah, get they into their can't cars. figure out. How, they, they're the ones who had exactly one problem in their first ninety days. Their problem was they couldn't figure out how to open the door.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Although the gas mileage was great that way.
0: Yeah. Never leaves your driveway. Yeah. What What was your average MPG over the entire thing? Well, it was uh, divide by zero exception. It
1: was. Re- it was really good. <laughs> Best you're ever gonna see. Yeah. But um we are a value for value show. We do have a couple people to thank for today's show.
0: Oh, I am so happy to hear that. I mean one of them is our buddy Sir Sean
1: of the Allegheny Valley. Woo! I remember that guy. Comes in with his $25 a month and he uh was asking people over on No Agenda Social podcasters that is that he supports like, "Hey, would it be okay if I just turn all these monthly donations into a uh, lightning and I say yes?"
0: I'm actually okay with that.
1: Um, as long as you keep your nodes open,
0: the, the, yeah, well, the trick is, I, I think I've mostly figured out the node. In fact, I did an upgrade. Seamlessly, I did not have any whoa, problems. Whoa, whoa,
1: seamless node upgrade. And you're, you're actually going to hear you pounding on the wood because otherwise- I was I'm knocking like, on wood, yes. I'm like, you're, uh, um, you, don't wanna, you don't want to tempt those my, gods. You don't want to be braggadocio the, about these things.
0: The problem I'm going to run into, which is the problem everyone who runs a node eventually runs into if, if they are making real money, is uh, inbound liquidity. I'm going to have to seek out some more. Um, but I don't have a problem with with switching it over uh, you know, there is there's the the little niggling voice in the back of my head that says, well, uh, the PayPal converts into fiat more easily, and therefore I can spend it more easily and I have to go find an exchange to convert. But then it also occurs to me, Sir Sean, it's your money. Um, You contribute value to the show. You contribute a lot of value to a lot of shows. There are a lot of podcasters who are in your debt. And if you. Want, you contribute value how you feel comfortable doing it, and if you no longer want to pay a PayPal vig, I can respect that. I your decision for how to manage your money is yours. You've got you've got a good reason to, and I am happy to get value any way that you dish it out.
1: And he's one of the also. Uh, even though he sends in monthly donations, he's also when he's listening, he's streaming per minute. The guy is. Absolutely fantastic. But for those who have a lot of lightning and you're like, well, how do I convert that into fiat? I highly recommend CoinCards.com. It's a very low rate that they charge and you can convert your lightning into Amazon gift cards, Apple gift cards, pretty much everything. There's a bunch of restaurants and it's a legit site have used it and it works as described. And it's a very nice way to be able to take your uh, lightning by legit site.
0: You mean that the feds are going to shut it down
1: at some point? Probably. Yeah. They've been around for years, it seems. But uh, so they're, you know, they make their money by taking your lightning and converting it. And I don't know. It's very quick as well. I mean, when you get like an Amazon gift card, it's within like a minute that the number is in your account. And then all of a sudden, boom, you put it into Amazon. There's the money in Amazon. So if anybody's wondering, like, well, how do I do this? Because I think converting it to gift cards also, I mean, not that I would uh, highly recommend uh, doing anything illegal. But uh, if you just turn it into a gift card, there's not a whole lot of a trail that that money ever existed. I believe I like money. Yeah, I like free money. I like (laughs) invisible money. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, check out coin cards. I mean, we have no why not. You know, no uh, affiliation with them, just something that I came across and I'm like, wow, that's uh, it's to me, that's a way better idea than converting it into, you know, either big Bitcoin and then trying to convert that into cash
0: somewhere. You understand you're engaged in marketing right now. Yeah, I know. But we need Carl with
1: the K back on to talk marketing.
0: Well, it's the one legitimate form of marketing, as far as I'm concerned, which is called word of mouth, where you uh, you discuss goods and services that you enjoy and have had good experience with and to share your experiences. Yes. And then it's
1: not just going to take, I tell you the first time I did this, I took a leap because I just jumped right the fuck in. I think it was 350 bucks that I had in there and I just bought a $350 Amazon gift card. And it's like, if this was a scam, man, that 350 would have been just right out there in the, in the lightning ether. But I did my research. I mean, I looked them up on those the, the usual websites, you know, Trustpilot and all the other. Uh, and it's a legit company. So it's an easy way to get your sats turned into a gift card for whatever. You, you can even get an Adidas gift card if you have somebody like Gene on your list that you need to buy a tracksuit for. There you go.
0: I can't imagine a scenario where I would need to buy a tracksuit for Gene.
1: <laughs> well, you'd have to be his bitch, but that's a completely different show. Nobody wants I, to see I, that one,
0: and that might be true. But I'm not willing to admit it on the air.
1: Exactly. Now, certainly, Mofo also came in with twenty five dollars matching Sir Sean, and he says, "Thanks, gents. Keep on grumping, and we appreciate that." Certainly, well, Mofo. Way ahead of you, yeah. We, had, hey, I mean, when the air is bad and there's noise, and then the air conditioning doesn't work, there's plenty, plenty to grump yes. about. And we have the, we
0: we have first world problems everywhere.
1: And besides the uh the streaming Satoshis that we had talked about earlier, we had a few more that came in. Eight the boobs donation, eight thousand and eight from Curtis Peterson, who says, I just came to listen to Bemrose whine about Linux not being Windows
0: eight. I I I can confirm from experience that it is not Windows eight. Would you like uh, to whine at about this it? moment? I don't have any specific they you know. Okay. I've got plenty of things that annoy me, but that's true of pretty much everything I experience in life at this point. I'm on windows eight right now, but I'm dual booting into Linux and I have not converted over all of my, like everything that I do, which is why I keep having to come back. Now there's a lot of things like a number of steam games that I'm never going to be able to convert. So I'm going to have to dual boot up until the point where everybody makes it. So windows eight is impossible to use. And then I'll probably get rid of it. But at this point, not having a huge problem, um I'm still podcasting on windows eight uh so it's it's been in Windows eight for the last two days uh I wrote up notes in uh eh, what the hell's that uh, x edit is apparently a crappy little notepad like app, which is far better than any of the built in stuff in windows
1: was that their marketing
0: tagline? Yes, actually, I think it I think that's what's listed. I think it's in the description in the OS is it's a crappy little notepad app. Yeah. Um, Wrote up uh, two thirds of my notes for Angry Tech News in that it worked fine. It was great. Um, It's somewhere along the line. I might actually go as far as using LibreOffice. But given that everything I write ends up getting saved in .txt, um, I don't need much in a word processor.
1: Yeah, I've got LibreOffice on the, the Windows machine. Works great.
0: I have determined from years of use in Windows 8, like I think I uninstalled Office in 2016 and I haven't looked back. I just don't have any need for it. Right. And anything somebody sends you
1: will open in the uh, Libra. I mean, that's just yeah. magic.
0: I, I had I had need for a spreadsheet a little while ago. I was like, oh, I probably ought to install something. Like somebody sends me a doc file, it opens in WordPad, which is built into Windows Eight. What's my? What's the problem?
1: <laughs> Cotton Jen says, "Use Vi like a real nerd." Well, see that nobody wants to use those. Yeah. We have to for I, the.
0: I tried that once, but my problem is I can't quit you. Vi.
1: <laughs> you have to
0: type in sudo,
1: and then you have to go, and then all this editing. No, no,
0: my, I, I actually have a foolproof technique that works on every system. If I ever. Accidentally launch a program that dumps me in Vi or Vim or something like that. I have a foolproof system for being able to exit. I know this system works. Um you pull you, the plug. You create a new console window, you find out the process of Vim and you kill it.
1: <laughs> ah, that's uh that's some nerdy talk right there. <laughs> Phone boy came in with 420
0: sats without oh. a note. I I I do want to point out, if I were inclined to wade into the Vim versus Emacs debate, I would argue that uh, both of them have some massive problems for me. Emacs uh, relies on having thirteen fingers in order to hit all the control and meta keys and everything, and uh, Vim relies on some really crazy keyboard shortcuts as well. In both cases. All of the default bindings assume you're on a QWERTY keyboard. And so like Emacs trying to exit is, uh, I think you hit control X and then control C, which is actually not hard to do. You hold your pinky on the control key and roll it across the XC buttons in order to exit. That's how you, but, or, you know, they're just say all of them are chords that are very specifically designed to be really easy to use where you, you bend your, you break your fingers in a particular way and roll it across some keys. And it just gets the, like, once you learn it, it's very smooth unless all of your keys are in a different place. And now the X and C keyboard are four inches apart. And okay. It does take a little extra skill. I'm a Pico guy. Well, I was a Pico guy back in the day. I guess now it's called nano.
1: Now you like the so, guy. Yes.
0: If, if you want to give me crap, there's your opening. For being the worst, most novice crap Linux user in the world. I don't use Vim or Emacs. I am a Nano user and proud of it.
1: Stand up and say it loud. He's Nano and he's proud. Phoenix came in with 2222. It first says uh, funding the grump and then uh, 10,000 sat saying thanks for the golden clips and black hearted tech rage. Well, thank you, Phoenix. Thank you for doing a you show said, with you phone said boy. clips right yeah with a P yeah clips okay yeah. she does a show with phone boy I mean that's I I couldn't do that I mean we tried I,
0: I probably could but phone boy would rage quit <laughs> well how would Phoenix, you know? I'm not so sure she really doesn't like herself she seems to enjoy talking with me. But Phone Boy's talking
1: slower now that he's been doing that show. So, I mean, we we should have him back on. Phone
0: Boy's talking slower now that he He podcasts on weed.
1: He got, well, there you go. See,
0: I didn't know that
1: part. So, he got, well, he got uh, out of one one bad relationship. He moved. Now he's smoking weed. What the hell's going on with you, Phone Boy? He's a lot happier now. (laughs) That's what's going on with him. How dare you be getting happy? (laughs) That doesn't work. Or does it? I don't know. Seems to. Yeah, for him, it seems to be working. That's the secret. Amducius came in with 3333, says just got back from the shitter to listen to a Bemrose rant, love GOB. I don't know uh, if you want to put those two things together on your... Uh,
0: well, loving GOB is, is a default state as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and listening to Bemrose rants on the shitter, I haven't tried this. But you well, do actually, a lot I'm from
1: there, right? So, I mean, there's yeah. that.
0: Actually, my cats are who listen to Bimrow's rants from the shitter. <laughs> and you're like, Let me tell
1: you about Vim. Come on. This is not good.
0: <laughs> and the cats are like,
1: Meow. <laughs> and you're like, exactly. That's what I'm saying. My keyboard's not right. Uh, we talked about during late earlier, we had the NetNet Net, Net, anonymous uh, Curtis Peterson also uh, came in before the show following up on me being too lazy to Google cranky geeks all Approximate 220 episodes are available on archive.org. I did not know this. Uh, they're also available on your NAS for anybody who's hacked in. Ooh. Uh, and can be retrieved with a bash script. And yes. YT-DLP in a few hours. I love YT-DLP. Yeah, kind of a fan. It is what I use. I, for a while, I was using a different product. But now, during the Rock and Roll pre-show, if somebody sends in a request that's a YouTube video... I take that and I put it into the command line in my shell script. My uh, what do you call PowerShell You know your your favorite program. And you put hey, that.
0: Don't knock PowerShell. It's pretty much it's it's scripting your operating system, which is pretty much all I want because it lets me get the hell away from the awful start menus and all. You know, seventeen clicking. No, I type what I want and it does what I want. I yep. like that.
1: You just throw it in there and boom! It uh, saves it right to the. Folder that i needed to save it in so uh thanks for that information curtis and thanks for the 19,998 satoshi boost and then a white mike he came in with 111,111 sats which maybe is that the biggest uh single boost we've ever gotten for the show i don't know it's up there i think there are i feel like this should be a competition though Uh, of course he says Ryan really made me laugh out loud at the thought of him throwing his whole body. It's Gay Pride Month. <laughs> I won't add any innuendos besides the donation amount one 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 one. What kind of an innuendo is that? That's not a good uh, innuendo. A row of dicks. I don't know. Maybe I guess. I'm not asking. They're they're kind of like though if, if it's a row of dicks, there's something at the end there that it's kind of took a hard left and that would be painful.
0: Well, if if you're on the left, then rows of dicks are kind of a way of life. I might be that might be horribly stereotyping. Maybe toss CSB a
1: micro portion just for a gag. Those are puns, not innuendos. And goddamn right, Ryan, for busting my exif data head in the sand behavior. I use Tails OS to strip what I'm truly concerned about. Is that enough? If not, please elaborate or ejaculate. Damn it, I broke my own rule. Next time.
0: I don't know very much about Tails OS. Uh, I, I guess, you know, there are plenty of ways to check to read the EXIF data. Um, in fact, um, the easiest way to read EXIF data on a photo is if you're in Windows, you just right click on the photo and go right. to details.
1: All the information is right there. And
0: it, it'll show you. It pulls information out of the EXIF data to fill out the details in there. And if the whole details page is blank, you've successfully stripped the data. And allegedly Windows will
1: do that for you, but always double check. And it won't do it in bulk, so.
0: I'm pretty sure that wouldn't be default.
1: No, no. And then there are things you can do it in bulk, but then always double check.
0: You were talking about the, the YTDL, and I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to talk about a story that this was about a month ago and I didn't bring it, but it's very valid or very relevant. Sorry. My, my coffee is wearing off.
1: Um, I, you mean you don't have, used, I thought that's what you have a wife for. She doesn't bring you coffee during the show. She doesn't bring me coffee.
0: You're not like, Hey, um, coffee right now. Get me coffee you to deal. Uh, I use invidious or yeah, invidious, which is, uh, used to be, a. a invidious.com but they ended up shutting down uh, a couple years ago. And, but it's open source software. So the moment they shut down a ton of other instances popped up all over the place. And if you know where the instances are, what it is, is it's an, a, an alternate YouTube front end. Which I love this by the way. So if you find an Nvidia instance, what you have is a front end to YouTube that does not have any login. It does not have all of the garbage, uh, recommendations. Uh, it does not have, uh, any of the tracking. It just has the video, the channel, and the other things that the, the channel has done, which is as far as I'm concerned, far superior to Nvidia. In fact, you were talking about YouTube DL, like that's how you get it. Anytime somebody sends you a YouTube video, um, my technique most of the time is to load it up in an Nvidia instance and then you just right-click save video. That works as well. Mine converts it to MP3. Oh, see, that that's something that I need. I there's no I have no part of it that that will strip the video part out and give me only the audio. I, I need one of those.
1: Yeah, because that's all I need. So I have it set up. Give me the highest quality audio that you can, and boom, it just does it.
0: But the story I particularly like was uh a cease and desist. Okay. Yep. Now the now the tongue is needs more coffee, Uh, a cease and desist sent from YouTube's legal department to the uh, contact information at the NVIDIA's repository saying um, you need to shut down all instances of your software immediately, or we are going to sue you into oblivion, which I thought was hilarious simply for the fact that, um, it's open source and it's decentralized and they don't have any control over it.
1: A lot of people
0: think they have a lot more control than they do. Like I could go out, download this software and set up an NVIDIA instance. And the people who make the software would not have the ability to shut down my instance. So, but they could look at you and point and say, you're bad. So the, uh, YouTube legal order says that, uh, clients in this case, Nvidia that use YouTube's API must display and link to Google's privacy policy and clearly and comprehensively explain how their client uses and processes user information. The TOS violation that they're using here to try to shut down NVIDIAs is the fact that it does not properly display Google's privacy policy and, uh, or, and explain how they're going to use information. Here's a hint, Google. They're not. right. <laughs> how about that? Um, API clients also must not place any limitations on YouTube's functionality or, uh, and, and this is, this is from the terms of service must not mimic or replicate core user experiences. Well, okay. That one, they got them dead to rights because the YouTube core user experience is fucking garbage.
1: Yeah. You have to get loaded with ads. If you're not getting loaded with ads, you're not getting the full YouTube experience.
0: However, here's the loophole. You must not mimic or replicate core user experience unless you add significant independent value or functionality. As far as I'm concerned, this does by stripping ads. Well, there you go. Anyway, um, this this is from Torrent Freak, and I love the way they write stories. They always come from a, uh yeah, piracy is all right uh perspective. Um the the segment in there, Nvidia's team feels uncooperative. And uh effectively they got this and uh the NVIDIA's team's response is, yeah, things will continue normally until we can't anymore. Um all we're all we're supporting is a GitHub repository. And if GitHub ends up shutting us down or kicking us off their platform, we have several other repositories that we, you know, will switch, we'll fall back to. So YouTube can't really do anything.
1: No, well it's a, it's the whole whack-a-mole thing that a lot of this stuff turns out to. If you can get somebody to take it down, it'll come back somewhere else.
0: So YouTube can't make the NVIDIA software go away. It's published too many places. YouTube can't remove all the NVIDIA instances. It's decentralized. Uh, This is, by the way, one of the main benefits of decentralization is that nobody, anybody gets a bug up their ass. Nobody can snap their fingers and make it all go away. The one thing that YouTube has the ability to do, and this is beyond the ability of their lawyers, only their engineers could do this, is change their API, which breaks all NVIDIA instances at the same time. And then there's plenty of people working on it, and you can bet there'd be a patch to NVIDIAs to make it work again, as long as YouTube has an API.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how quick the workarounds come for a lot of yeah. this stuff. <laughs> like, oh, no, they broke it. Oh, no, it's, it's back. It's a cat and mouse
0: game and it's, It's, Oh, it stopped working for three days. The Reddit subreddits were out for longer than that. Uh huh. (laughs) There are worse things in the world too. You could always just get offline for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I made a comment to yesterday. Yesterday, somebody was freaking out about drama on NAS and I made the the comment. I'm like, uh, okay, if, it seems like you're getting really excited about this. If this is really turning into a problem, then then get rid of them, block them, make them go away, mute whatever. And if it isn't a huge problem, then maybe it's time to curl up with a paperback.
1: Yeah, get yourself some old fashioned content delivery. Yeah. You know, or listen to Grumpy Old Benz and support the damn show by going to Grumpy Old yeah. .com. In fact,
0: that's what I should have said is, you know, it sounds like you're getting a little bit too worked up for this. And instead, go listen to Grumpy Old Benz because we are very soothing. We will we will relaxing. rant for you. Yeah.
1: It's exactly what we're here for. This has been over a year since the reboot. We were just looking at this because we're like, well, why is nobody donating? Did they realize we're back from the original hiatus? It's like it's been Sometimes over a year. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could just be the summers are bad. You know, it could be the whole Joe Biden thing. So in the intro, I mean, everybody just, you know, tell friends, tell them all to listen to the damn show, force it down their throats. I mean, no agenda wants you to hit people in the mouth. I want you to kick them in the nuts. Tell them about the show.
0: And for some people who keep their nuts in their mouth, I don't know where I'm going with this.
1: So you're, you're winding up a joke without knowing the punchline.
0: Yeah, yeah. Usually, I—I I mean, my standard operating procedure is I make it up as I go along.
1: Right, and you're like something will Something will come to me. Something will yeah. come to me.
0: Got nothing. Yeah, well, my brain usually moves faster than my mouth anyway, so it, it, it's a like that's how my rants flow. Is I start with something that's a little bit annoying. I start describing it, and I piss myself off by talking about it. And then as I'm pissed off, the rant just flows and flows, and suddenly I'm yelling at Jay fucking Insley again.
1: That'll happen. It, so, I, all the damn time. It's a system. It's a pattern. And I had some more tech things, but I mean, we might be saving for the next show. I mean, is this... Uh, well, that depends. When's the next show? I don't know. <laughs> when do you think the next show is?
0: <laughs> it seems like it It might depend on uh, whether or not people want another show.
1: If you want another show, be sure to vote. We have an, a, uh, one of those things like a focus group. What no, do you no, think, I, children?
0: Uh, actually... Um, my votes are all tallied on my node.
1: Sir Net just boosted forty two hundred sat saying, "You guys start doing the show again when exactly?" <laughs> That's the vibe we're getting. That is the vibe we are getting. But uh, I mean, I had let's see here. We had uh, a former anti piracy boss, now Sony Music's new AI chief. The fact that record labels have AI chiefs should uh, <laughs> yeah should be worrying people. The most interesting thing, and I think we may have even touched about, upon this when we were talking about the deep fakes and that, does a voice print or whatever you want to call the data that recreates somebody's voice once one of these AIs learn it, does that have any copyrightable, trademarkable? So who owns, for instance, Frank Sinatra's voice? Long dead.
0: I think that the 1976 Copyright Act has been bent about as far as it can go with regards to how it can be applied to new technologies. And we are in a situation where the original intents of Congress before computers were a thing uh, might need to be clarified by Congress because even the courts are sitting here going, I don't know.
1: Because everybody knows You know, what a Frank Sinatra, what an Elvis Presley sounds like. And there have been people that sounded similar. People have made livings by being impersonators of each.
0: And here's here's the real problem with the Copyright Act is the last time Congress weighed in on it was before computers particularly existed. Pretty much everything since then has been set by uninformed, unelected bureaucrats or more often by tech industry lobbyists. And. There's not a lot of people in there who are advocating for the little guy.
1: No. And that whatever you want to call that, the voice print, whatever that data is, is not a copyrighted work that somebody did. This is not an audiobook. This is not a song. This is data which will allow you to recreate what they sounded like, which is a completely different thing. And. It is interesting again, because people have made their living. So if I just happen to be the guy whose voice sounds exactly like Frank Sinatra, well then what do I do? Am I going to be sued into oblivion because
0: I'm just talking myself? Wasn't there a really, I think there was a big or highly published court case way back in the day, like the fifties, where was it Bing Crosby was actually sued somebody who sounded just like him. And, wasn't claiming to be Bing Crosby was just getting a lot of gigs because he sounded like him. It's possible because Bing had a lot of money, so he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. I might be completely off. I remember that the case existed, but not any of the details because I, I don't actually, you know, sweat the small stuff.
1: One of my favorite, uh, well, not Dean Martin had a lot of great jokes. He was a comedian beyond uh, what people give him credit for. I have a concert where he's talking about, uh, Bing Crosby, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Bing. He is a very happy-go-lucky guy, but that's because he has a million dollars." And then there's this long enough pause, and he adds, "On him." <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's yeah. a whole new level right there.
0: Yeah, that's, I was gonna say a million dollars isn't that much these days, but
1: uh-huh. uh, yeah, on him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's that's a party wait, right. That's a party waiting to happen. Let me tell you what.
0: Uh, so I've got, uh, I've got two stories that I definitely don't feel like getting into right now, uh, out of the European union. Um, I don't know if I should tease them or not, but one of them has to do with AI. Ooh. Uh, the E the EU is, uh, proposing something called the AI act. Actually, I think I'm going to save that because it's not passed into anything. So it's still subject to change, but it, uh, it is all of the posturing that you hear politicians do here in America where they're like, Somebody should do something because AI is going to kill us all. Uh, the people in Europe are like, we're not going to posture. We're just going to pass some really bad legislation that has all kinds of unintended consequences because, hey, doing something's better than not doing something right. Hey, we are the new AI show now that AI.cooking is no more. Yeah, Somebody's going to have to fill in that void. and I, It's either us or a rare encounter.
1: Yeah, and it's not going to be, I don't think, uh, I don't know, if, is AI cooking actually continuing in Gwyff's hands? Uh, but I don't know, how without his puppet master giving him the words, I don't know what he would talk about AI. But.
0: I think he's probably got four or five more episodes before he realizes that the words aren't being fed to him. He <laughs> kind of goes on, uh, uh, he gets on a roll. Gwiff's like, wait, where's my script? Shit. <laughs> mate, mate I, mate, I don't have a script, mate. Where's, where's, I don't Where's my know. script? I, I I don't know what exactly happened between CSB and GWF. I, I am certainly no, you and I are certainly no strangers to the idea that two podcasters who work together might suddenly decide not to work together. It happens all the time. Yeah, occasionally. Um, I, I don't know what happened with the show. I will mourn the passing of the show because it actually was, it. it I I never thought that AI news could become entertaining. It's one of the reasons I hate covering it but they did a pretty good job. Uh, CSB has always been had, had a, you know, he, he slides into entertainment like oil and water. Yes. <laughs> he, he's he got uh he's got a style to him and it takes some getting used to, but he, he really knows his stuff. And, and then Gwiff takes everything. It just goes crazy. I, I, I really, you know, he's a showman at heart and I can appreciate that. So, I don't know what's going on between you guys. I I hope that whatever happened, that you don't hold grudges, uh, that that things are amicable. I am sorry for the passing of the show. Hopefully, whatever you guys do next, you're successful at. Uh, and uh, does this mean that CSB is going to start donating to this show again now that he has nothing to advertise?
1: Well, he, he said only if <laughs> only if you tell him, well, here's the thing. CSB, if and I didn't even hear this except on the clip that he posted. Did you hear his booster to podcasting 2.0 on a Friday? No, I I haven't heard that one yet. He's now uh, boosting uh, planet rage is his new thing. So since he doesn't have a podcast, (laughs) he's like, listen to planet rage. I'm like, this is fantastic. CSB
0: is sharing the love. Well, he's pissed off at me. He's pissed off at gene and he doesn't listen to rock and roll. So, right. Dalin, give me trance music, Dalin. It yeah. has
1: to be faster. <laughs> That's how it is. But CSB, I told him it's like if you have any good AI stories, if you want to write the script, uh, just send them to us. We'll 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 butcher Okay, the he script. doesn't
0: donate to this show. I'm tired of talking to him. Yeah, we'll we're talking talk to Let's talk about him. Phoenix and Phone Boy again and NetNed.
1: So they're all in the troll room having fun, which you should they be are. when we do these shows live. Trollroom.io. Everybody's saying we're on fire today. I just keep looking around because with these forest fires in the area, I'm like,
0: I was going to say, are they telling me? How is the temperature? I know the temperature's high there and there's smoke in the air, but this is a new level. Like you guys, what are you trying to, you
1: guys are on fire. Yeah, I know. We're doing really good. No, you're on fire. Oh, oh shit.
0: (laughs) Stop, drop and roll.
1: Uh Well, you're at the top level. So you're going downstairs or something. Yeah. With all that said, I mean, we'll try to be back again. For another edition of the grumpiest of Ben's next week at the same bat time, same bat channel. Tell a friend, support the show, yada, yada, yada. You know what to do. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where the weather's
0: getting thick and that's never a good thing. And from America's left coast where it is now okay to power down your computer. I'm Ryan Bevermouth. But I did that right before the show. <laughs>
1: Be old man.